Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. So we're talking about the Passover today, and we're going then to what book? Exodus. So let's go to the book of Exodus. And, hmm. By the way, children are dismissed to their classes. Okay. <laughs> We're so blessed with so many children. <laughs> okay, someone crying there, not having a good day. But let's, let's begin our, our, our uh, time of studying the word, God's Word with prayer. So before we open God's Word, we go to Him in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we're about to open Your Word and uh, study what You have for us today. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for the exodus and uh, the picture that you painted for us. And now the cross. So we thank you, Lord, for your work on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for the time that you spend ministering to your people. And thank you for the instruction that you have left us as a church. I pray today that you might speak your words and not mine. Give us a humble heart. I pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, so before the cross, we had an event that pointed to the cross, and that was the Exodus. It is in sharp contrast with the king of the Egyptians that the Lord is God, and he's merciful and understanding. Unlike Pharaoh, our God is a God that is a good king. <laughs> a good king. Merciful and just. He listens to us and he sees our afflictions. So here we are at the Exodus. Moses was a baby that was saved by one of Pharaoh's daughters. Moses grew and he became upset with the oppression to his people. So what happens is that he kills an Egyptian. And that causes him to flee. That caused him to flee because he was wanted for the murder of an Egyptian person. After fleeing Moses, he meets a group of ladies, Midianite ladies. <laughs> By the way, the Midianite people, they're also sons of Abraham. Abraham, after uh, uh, his wife, uh, Sarah, died, he married again. And he had uh, six sons, one of them Midian. And that's why... Jethro, his uh, father-in-law, was also a priest of the Lord. Um, and you can see that in Genesis 25, if, if you're interested in that uh, little piece of information there. This group of girls introduce him to Jethro, a priest. And Jethro, he gives Moses, his daughter, as a wife. Then the Lord appears to Moses on the mountain of God in Sinai. And he reveals his name to Moses. And he says, I am. I am. 
the unchanging God, the eternal, he revealed to Moses his proper name, Yahweh. So if you want to go to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to do a little overview till we get to the Passover. Exodus chapter 3. This is 13 to 15. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And this has significance for us. Remember, we have studied the name of God and what it means for us. The one who was and is and will be Eternal, independent of anything or anyone. God is, and He is forever. He was the one that heard the people. And He gave Moses three signs for the people to believe. The staff that turned into a serpent. The staff that turned into a serpent. Leprosy healed. And water into blood. And this was the signs that... He showed the people of Israel and they believed Moses, that he came from God. Exodus chapter 4, verse 30 to 31, just a, maybe a, a, a page ahead. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. When the Lord hears us, we bow our heads and we worship. When you believe, we bow our heads and we worship. So after the people believed Moses, the mighty wonders of the Lord began. And we jump now to Exodus chapter 5. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they might hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? <laughs> that I should obey his voice and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I would not let Israel go. What a surprise. <laughs> he, was for, uh, he was in for, a, for a, a, a little display of the power of my God. He says, who is this God? Pharaoh didn't know, didn't know the name of the Lord. He did not represent this God on earth. He belonged to the kingdom of darkness. He was a king after his own right. He himself thought of himself as partially divine. The Egyptians believed that their Pharaoh was a mediator between the gods and men in his own right. And then after his death, this position would be passed onto his son. Hmm. Pharaoh forced Israel to make bricks 
without providing them with straw. He says, because they were, they're idle. They have enough time in their hands to start thinking about going worshiping this God that I don't know. They're idle, so let's give them more work. I am happy that my king is not like Pharaoh. He's a good God. He declared war with this unknown God, the God of Israel. So this mediator would get to see the power of the I am. The people of Israel suffer because of the request for Moses to God. And they complain. Exodus chapter 5, verse 21. And they say to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants. And they have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, why have you done this evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to his people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Moses also had a little <laughs> uh, working to do in his life. And it's interesting to see the development of Moses as well. In chapter 6, Yahweh, the Lord, the I Am, tells them that he will do the work. And I mark chapter 6 as a chapter of love. And let me, let me, um, let's read just a few verses. If you have your Bible there in Exodus chapter 6, verse number 3, there's the second part of that verse. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them, but I am made, making myself known to you. My name, I'm giving my name to you. Verse number 5, he says, moreover, I have heard and then a little bit ahead on that verse, and he says, I have remembered my covenant. I am the Lord, on verse 6, and I will bring you out. I will deliver you from slavery. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God. Verse number 8, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you. I am the Lord. Hmm. It's such a display of love by God to his people. The Lord was going to do all the work. They just had to obey. <laughs> they just had to obey. I am God, trust in me. And in the coming chapters, the Lord shows his power to the Egyptians and the people of Israel through plagues. Turning the water into blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock was killed, sores into the animals and men, hail that was so big that brought destruction and everything that was not destroyed was destroyed by the next plague, the locust. And then darkness, darkness, a darkness to be felt. That's why Exodus chapter 10, verse 21 says, and that brings, that gives me chills just to think about that darkness that can be felt. I've never experienced that. I said nobody moved. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. It was such a thick darkness, three days of darkness. And we're going to see the parallel of that when Jesus' crucifixion. There was darkness in the world. Deep 
darkness, darkness to be felt as well. Not for three days, but for three hours. So we get to Exodus chapter 11, verse number 1. The Lord said to Moses, Yet one more plague I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of his neighbor for silver and gold jewelry. The Lord was preparing its people, its citizens to go. He had everything planned. And in, 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 if you read the story of the Exodus, chapter 3, chapter 4, the Lord told Moses exactly what was going to happen. Exactly. He had a plan. Nothing was out of control for him. Nothing took him by surprise. He knew the reaction of Pharaoh. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He was, he was in control all the time. All the time. He made sure that they would have provision. And part of that provision was plunder from the Egyptians. Can you imagine that? A people that were slaves. Without having to raise a finger. The Lord gave them provision of silver and gold. The masters of Israel understood that God is king above all. He had promised in chapter 3, you shall not go empty, you shall plunder the Egyptians. <laughs> so back to Exodus 11, verse number 3. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servant, and in the sight of the people. Why was he great? He was bearing the name of the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord. That's why he was great. It was not because he himself was great, but because the name of the Lord is great. Because he represented something higher than anything. What about you? So Moses said, Thus say the Lord about midnight. I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been nor ever will be again. Remember the words of Pharaoh? Who's that God? I don't know him. Hmm. He will get to know that God. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you might know that the Lord makes distinction between Egypt and Israel. The Lord was in control all the time. He was the one who determined when the people of Israel would leave. It wasn't Pharaoh. It was the Lord. He was the one who determined who would live and die. Not Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 28, Pharaoh says to Moses, Get away from me. Take care never to see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you shall die. And Moses said, as you say, 
I will not see your face again. Pharaoh had no idea. He had no idea that the Lord is king. A jealous father of its firstborn son of Israel. Verse number 8 on, on Exodus 11. And all this, your servant shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go out of his land. The hardening of the heart began with Pharaoh. He became a willing vassal of the Lord's judgment so that the Lord might display his power, the power of the Almighty, the power of the I Am, the power of the Eternal. So finally, we're here on chapter 12, and that's just a little bit of context of what was happening before Passover. So we're here on Exodus chapter 12. And let's read this account together. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. And this verse, verse number 2 of chapter 12, it's the beginning of the law. Mark it on your Bibles. This is very significant. This is the beginning of the law for the people of Israel. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Pay attention to this. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood, and put it on the doorpost and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted. Its head with its legs and its inner parts, complete. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Stand up and read together with me verses 12 and 13. I am reading off the ESV. So if, if you don't have it, that's okay. But if you have the ESV version, read along with me. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, 
and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You may be seated. These are, these are the center heart of the Passover story. And he continues and he tells them, This day shall be a memorial for you. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generation. As a statue forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened, from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. Very serious stuff that he was speaking about. On the first day, you shall hold a holy assembly. And on the seventh day, a holy assembly. And my favorite part. No work shall be done on those days. <laughs> the Lord gives us rest. The Lord gives us rest. He wants to give you rest. Why? Because you already made the work. <laughs> the next section there, verses uh, 16 to 20, is, is just speaking about the unleavened bread, and we're not too concerned with that section for this sermon. So let's just jump to verse 21. Then Moses called the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, doorpost the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you it's very interesting to see the Lord was really invested the Lord was really of all the plagues this was the only one that he mentions I will pass over he made an emphasis that he would be there The innocent for the guilty. Again, we see it again. And remember, this was established at the Garden of Eden. Remember, the innocent for the guilty. And we see that over and over again. And here we are at the Passover. Verse 27, you shall say, it is this, uh, when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt. When he struck the Egyptians, but as fair our houses. Notice that the instruction is to tell them that he spared their houses. Even though they were separated from that event, you were to tell your children, he spared our house. He spared our house. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Again, he spared us all. He has spared us. <laughs> even today, by his blood. 
And then we get to this part. And it's really striking. Verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn born, sorry, the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was a house, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Who is not marked today by the blood? Who is not being washed by the blood of the Lamb? Because if you have not been washed, there's death for you. And I think that it's true for us today that in our houses, there's not a single house where someone is not dead today. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. Hmm. Why the change of heart for someone that didn't know, huh? See the connection. Let's jump to Revelation chapter 1. I know there's a lot of scripture today. But it's important that we understand this. Revelation chapter 9 verse 4. John one chapter four, verse four. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. The same God of the Old Testament. He's saying grace to you, that same God. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. This is the Holy Spirit. And from Jesus Christ. <laughs> the faithful witness. The firstborn of the dead. The ruler of the kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And made us a kingdom of priests. Priests to his, to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him. Even those who pierce him. And all tribes on, of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so. Amen. You see... You see, it's the same thing. Are you washed in the blood? Is your family within your house? 
Are you ready to go at a moment's notice? Or are the things of this world dragging you down? He is coming. He is coming. Heaven for those that believe. And an eternity apart from God. The desire of the heart of the evil one will be given to them. What does the evil want? There's no God. They will have that. Complete separation from him. The desire of the heart of the evil will be given to them. Eternal hell. Are you washed by the blood? So here are a few thoughts. The Lord was fulfilling his promise. He was calling its citizens to its kingdom. He redeemed them, right? What did he do? Nothing. Nothing. He redeemed them. They only had to obey. He purchased them with his power. The Lord gave them a substitute to save them from the righteous wrath of God. They were saved from the wrath of God. What are you saved from? When you say, I'm safe, what are you safe from? You're safe from the wrath of God because he provided a substitute. And you can be covered by his blood. Have you been saved? He gave them a substitute that would take the place of the firstborn, the innocent for the guilty. And in contrast with the story of the Garden of Eden, what happened to them? They were driven out of this place that was beautiful. In contrast to that, the exodus was taking them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Back. A place where the temple would be. God with men. <laughs> a nation of priests that have the name of the Lord on their foreheads. That's what they were getting back. Milk and honey. These people were to announce the good news of the king to the world. But they failed. They failed. Jeremiah chapter 7. Please go to Jeremiah chapter 7. Verse 22 to 26, Jeremiah 7, 22 to 26. For in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, we just saw that, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this command I gave them, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. King Citizens, and the promised land was the, the, the kingdom. Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the way that I command you, that, I, that it might be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walk in their own counsels. And the stubbornness of their evil hearts, and went backward, not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day. Yet 
They did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Have we done worse than our fathers? The Exodus is a story that needs to be remembered by everyone. It has also to be, it also has to be experienced by everyone. What are you enslaved to? To what kingdom do you belong? You need an exodus. You need a substitute. You need to obey the voice of the king that is commanding you to be holy. A king that has power over creation. We know what the kings of this world do. To roll in with, to countries with weapons and war. We need a different king. Powerful enough to restore Eden. To bring his kingdom to this world. Are the posts of your house marked by the blood? This is a story of a helpless nation that will rescue from the world. Redeemed by the power of God, that God gave them a substitute, and they were taken to a place of rest. We have that in the person of Jesus Christ. We have all of that better than they ever did, because we have the real thing. It's not a type, it's Him, it's our King. It was enough, His sacrifice is enough. We will see in the coming weeks how the Lord Jesus Christ is better than the Passover lamb. Hmm. What are you going to do with this? Examine yourselves. Be washed by the blood. Let's give testimony to the world that we have a king that is better than the kings of this world. That he can hold us in his hand. The sermon continues on the 17th. The second part of the sermon is the 17th. The 15th, sorry. Stop by and listen. Listen the conclusion of this story. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, because you have given us a substitute and you have made us righteous because of him. It's not our righteousness, but his righteousness. And you have given us a new name, made us part of your kingdom, given us rest. Help us to represent you properly in this world. That this church, Grafton Baptist, might be a beacon of light in this town. Lord, blessed, bless the rest of this service, Lord. And take us home in peace. In Jesus' name.